Another 32,000 people had a job in October in Australia, making the labour market tighter than ever. Well, the tightest in decades anyway. So how does the RBA react to that, particularly when we've already had rising wages this week? Not that this is a particularly unique Australian phenomenon, but it is a unique 2022 phenomenon, isn't it? The Fed, meanwhile, sounding as hawkish as ever. And in Britain, higher taxes for a long time. Well, at least until just before the next election. Then it will all change, of course. But at least the markets didn't swing violently on the new budget from the government this time. It's Friday, the 18th of November, 2022. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, a mixed day for US equities. The Nasdaq closed down 0.3%. The same for the S&P 500. The Dow finishing only just in the red. The DAX, meanwhile, finished a quarter percent up. But uh, elsewhere in Europe, the direction was down. And the Hang Seng and the CSI 300 yesterday both down as well. So maybe that China optimism was pretty short-lived. Bond yields are up today, up eight basis points for 10-year treasuries, up five for UK gilts, up five in Canada as well, less in Germany and France, though Aussie 10 years, meanwhile, yesterday down 11 basis points. And on futures, they've just regained a few of those, up to around 3.64% now. The US dollar is up 0.4% on the DXY index, uh, but below 107, so it is 6% lower than its peak in September. Uh, The Aussie suffered one of the biggest falls this session. It's down 0.8% at 66%. US cents. It sat at 66.6 for a while. Now, that's an ominous number, isn't it? Uh, the euro is down 0.3%. The pound down 0.5%. And oil, big falls today. We've got 2.8% drop in Brent, close to $90 now, and a four and a quarter percent fall in WTI. But let's start on home turf uh, with Neb's, uh, NAB's Ken Crompton in Sydney. So those employment numbers yesterday, uh, you know, on top of the rising wages that we saw uh, the day before. So we've got unemployment now at a 40-year low, which is great that everybody, you know, has got those jobs, but not this is not what the RBA wants to hear, is it? And I suspect, uh, you know, that we will more or less ex- expect now a- another rate hike is going to happen before Christmas. Is that is that the NAB view now? Well, yeah, the, the NAB view has been pretty consistently that we'll look for a 25 basis point hike uh, in December, um, you know, as part of another few to, to run through into early next year before the RBA pauses certainly the the labor and this, force print. this solidifies that doesn't it really exactly yeah i mean you add in the the wage price index print running sort of slightly hotter than expected particularly on those private sector numbers you add in the labor force growth yesterday and the, and the unemployment rate ticking down a little bit i mean even against what possibly you know could have been some of the rotation factors that that, that may have pointed towards a you know a, a lower print sorry a, you know a softer print being able to be explained away even with that you know we still went stronger so you you know, an, mm. an unequivocally decent number there that, that does certainly lock in the case for, for 25 um, basis points in December. I mean, you know, the question yeah. has been um, raised as to whether that should be 50. 50, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, our, our view has still been that the, that the RBA is, is going gonna, is gonna to stick with 25 point moves, you know, as they've now done, you know, October, November and you know, December in our view. Now, the RBA could well go back to 50 basis points if they need to, but I'm not sure that pressure is there just yet. But certainly, you know, it, it's at the upper end of that range. Yeah. And within those numbers, so underemployment and underutilisation also both well down as well, uh, well below pre-pandemic levels. That's the that's the thing, isn't it? And the hours worked by, by each person is creeping up as well. So it's not the case as though there's a lot of potential labour on tap anywhere. There's nothing, is there really? No, I mean, certainly, you know, we're not running along with participation rates of, you know, 70 plus percent like, like New Zealand is, where the stereotype is, you know, children being pulled out of school to, to fill, you know, labouring <laughs> jobs. We're, we're not quite running at that, that level of uh, in, in, intenseness yet. 
But I mean, you know, you, you sort of mentioned in the in the introduction that this this is not what the RBA wants to see, and I mean, y- yes and no. Obviously, from a monetary policy perspective, they would like to see labour market stress cooling a little bit, but also, you know, part of this narrow path that they've been talking about has been, you know, trying to thread this needle between getting inflation to come down somewhat expeditiously, you know, without causing, you know, too much damage to the to the hard fought gains that they have actually achieved in the labour market over the past few years. So, mm. you know, it's a mm. uh, you know. It's, the, the narrow path to an even keel, I guess, to, to combine two of their, their metaphors that they've been using. This is sort of a, you know, an, an, another data point that shows, you know, maybe they, are, maybe they will manage to thread the needle, but it's gonna, it, it will be hard. Right. Okay. Needles and keels. Not quite sure how they go together. But uh, look, I mean, it, it, isn't a, it isn't a unique phenomenon for Australia. To Australia, there is. I mean, it is happening everywhere. So you know, just as an example, the Netherlands, their unemployment number for October yesterday, that fell from 3.8% to 3.7%. The US, those, I mean, those jobs just keep on hanging on, don't they? So the initial jobless claims last night fell to 222,000, 222,000 from 226,000 the week before, which is not a big move, but it's going the wrong, you know, it's it, it means falling claims, less people have, have available to work. So it, it's a global phenomenon that we're seeing. I mean, it's not just Australia. Obviously, exactly. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and nobody not, knows not why. Unique. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and and I mean, there had been some expectations that uh, yeah, we we could start to see some of a, some of a decline actually some of those jobless claims. So uh, switching to the US mm. data, data here, obviously, but um, yeah, that that mm. print last night. Yeah, as I said, fewer commentators were looking for, for sort of a decline. In fact, we didn't get that. So arguably, that does speak to, you know, if you're sort of running against the seasonals, maybe that's a very early sign that there is a little bit of weakness there. But um, but particularly jobless claims, you know, one one data point hardly makes a... Yeah. Hardly makes a trend, but that's going to be that is the the, the key thing that's been watched in the US. So, obviously. I mean, uh, we've got a week or two to go before the RBA, but what the RBN said is next week. Uh, so, I mean, while the RBA is you know twenty five, you know, uh, you're saying perhaps fifty, but it seems unlikely. And some people were saying, well, you know, maybe they're going to pause. I mean, the expectation is that you know the RBN said might actually go for seventy five again, uh, but they've got a housing market that's taking a hit. Their PPI read yesterday was down a bit. Actually, for PPI inputs, quarter on quarter, down from 3.1% to 0.8%. I mean, so you'd, ha- you'd point to that and say, well, there's some hope, you know, that perhaps inflation is peaking there as well. But they are still pushing as high as they, you know, as high as they feel like they need to go, which is higher and higher, it seems. Yeah, the the rhetoric sort of gap between the RBA and the RBNZ has, has really opened up dramatically over the past couple of months. Mm. You know, obviously, since, since as long as ago as September, you know, the RBA began to signal that they were slowing down, whereas the RBNZ has... You know, kept going with 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 large moves and and has maintained sort of quite a hawkish stance on it. And you know, we've still got the uh, you know, the the New Zealand market pricing a you know a cash rate to sort of get um you know get above five. I think you know our expectation for for next week is that they will be only moving fifty. Although you know, sort of talking or sort of reading the thoughts of any New Zealand economist, yeah, there is an extensive list of reasons why they, they might consider going, you know, going 75 and, and just sort of putting the, the signal out there of just how just how serious they are, which does run a, a little bit counter to to where other central banks are going. I mean, obviously, you know, the RBA is stepping down. And the interesting thing is you know, we were talking about, you know, 25 versus 50 for the RBA, uh, yeah, the market has quite readily accepted that the RBA is, is only moving in 25 basis point increments and, and maybe there's still some tiny chance they might not even hike at all in, uh, you know, over the next couple of meetings. So whereas mm. with, the, um, yeah, with, with the RBNZ, you've still got mar- the market anticipation is still that they will, that they will continue hiking harder and, and will remain quite hawkish, which is interesting you know, given, the, 
you know, if we're talking about, you know, the effectiveness of monetary policy in New Zealand has a large number of, uh, a large proportion of fixed rate mortgages, much larger than Australia, but, but also very short. So they do tend to get, you know, a, a lot of their mortgages, mortgages have reset at, at some point through the cycle and, and most will, and nearly all the remainder will do so at some point over the next year. So policy yeah. over there should be nearly as effective as it is here, but, um, but you know, and, and, and they did get an earlier start to the cycle, but, um, yeah, but, but they're sort of maintaining the rhetoric a, a lot harder than, um, yeah, than Australia is. Well, housing doesn't seem to matter, does it? I mean, if you look at, uh, look at where the Fed's going, I mean, now, I mean, if you look at what's happening today, I mean, equity markets are, are back down again. I mean, it, again, you know, we're hearing that word pivot being talked, you know, that the, there's not going to be a pivot now. It seems to be the, uh, it seems to be the assumption. Therefore, uh, we're seeing, uh, yields rising and, uh, and equities taking a hit. Uh, more, uh, sort of rhetoric coming from, uh, well, James Bullard, Mary Daly, other central bank speakers from the Fed as well, uh, despite the fact, you know, uh, they are completely unfazed by the housing slowdown that they're seeing, which is definitely down. I mean, the data last night showed a, a big fall in housing starts and, and applications for uh, for building permits. We get more numbers as well today. Uh, but still, you know, they say, no, we're going to keep going. Uh, no, no hope of a pause now, it seems. Yeah, James Bullard sort of did went through a bit of an extensive presentation last night, just sort of outlining where he thought policy needed to get to and, and how far behind it was at the moment. And yeah, he sort of further lifted his range of, um, of, of expectations for the cash rate. You know, talking about getting into the zone, I think was the title of his speech. And, you know, he's sort of seeing, you know, around 5% as being the minimum where the US you know, cash rate needs to get to. And the upper end of his range is now sort of, is, is now sort of popping above seven. So, I mean, yeah, we did see, <laughs> A significant reaction to that in in bond prices, mm. in bond yields overnight, um, or glo- and globally, really, not necessarily just the US. So, you know, 10-year Treasury yields are up, um, are up at eight, eight basis points at the moment. Um, you know, shorter-dated um, yields in the US as well, and I think that sort of verbal verbal barrage from the from the Fed has been a has has been a large part of that. So, and you know, this sort of strong verbal signalling is is sort of really what the Fed arguably does need to to be doing um you know we've sort of seen various points over the cycle that the market has, has shortcut you know tightening by beginning to, to price the recovery before it uh you know b- before the cuts have actually have actually been put in to cause a recession in the first place and the fed wants to keep financial conditions tight and that's why they mm. the, you know this sort of rhetoric is is going to remain is, is going to remain in, in place i think until until the turning point is incredibly obvious and, and that's still a fair way away as mr bullard has been talking about yeah and you can see why that, that the housing market has slowed down so much there's a piece on uh, on bloomberg today talking about how this week uh, mortgage rates for 30-year fixed mortgage have fallen so last week they were over seven percent this week they're 6.6 percent uh, and they're saying part of that is because of this belief that you know maybe inflation has peaked you know, based on that one set of numbers we've seen so far on CPI, it seems like a big call. But anyway, uh, even at 6.6%, you know, would you take out a mortgage for 30 years at 6.6%, assuming, you know, and pay that rate for the next 30 years? You wouldn't have thought so. Well, that sort of explains why people aren't uh, investing in houses right now, doesn't it? Well, in Australia, no, but in, in, in the US where it's yeah, fully prepayable and is not that much different to a to a variable mortgage product in Australia, but arguably yes, um, you, you do get a lot of lot of optionality in US mortgages, so that does uh, mm. does change the dynamics a little bit. Uh, but you know there has been massive declines in those long end yields uh, since the CPI meeting last week. Um, you know, ten year ten year Treasury yields are down uh, down more than fifty basis points at one point. A little bit little bit of that taken back overnight, and the thirty year, which is where that 
US mortgage rate is, is is more closely linked to even even that's down you know forty odd basis points. So and yeah and yeah. and that's that's a signaling challenge for the Fed is is to keep those ultra long end rates elevated and uh, yeah and, and avoid financial conditions easing through lower long end rates which are which are much more um which are a big driver of those financial conditions in the US and they are in Australia. So. It's where, where the RBA has a slightly easier job. Yeah, the uh, the Philly Fed Manufacturing Index yesterday, well down on October, well below expectations. That We did see a drop in employment there, so maybe the tide is turning, although, uh, uh, you know, we can't get much more up to date than those jobless claims from last week, though, can we? So I don't know how what we read into that. It is just what it is for the moment, isn't it? Look, let's look at austerity in the UK. It's back with a vengeance. So we've got a £55 billion package of tax rises and spending cuts announced by the cha- uh, the Chancellor. Uh, a chunk of this uh, is going to come from uh, not moving tax thresholds. So people will move into paying tax or paying more tax. They've lowered the threshold for the top rate of tax as well, which is a bit of a turnaround because a month ago they were going to get rid of that top rate of tax. Now they're going to charge it to more people. So basically more tax for everyone. Uh, but, uh, I mean, the good news is the market's not really responded to this. <laughs> that's, that's all we can take out of this. I mean, people are going to be paying more tax. But, of course, you know, most of this is sort of – because this is what politicians do, isn't it? Most of this kicks in in two years' time, uh, or the worst of it kicks in in two years' time. There's an election before then. So, of course, it'll all be reversed. It's just, uh, you know, producing bits of paper that's going to keep the markets happy. And the market seems to be fairly happy with the bits of paper they've been presented with today. Thank goodness. Yeah, yeah, certainly in, in gilt and European bond markets in general, the, the bigger drivers seem to be the momentum that came out of the US towards high yields than um, mm. you know the, than we saw from from either the, you know, the the budget itself or from the um, you know, the, the gilt um, issuance announcement. I mean, that gilt the issuance of, of gilts next year was actually a touch higher than the market was expecting. I guess sort of speaking to the to the point you're talking about, where you know there is net 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 contraction, I guess, in, in the budget over the full forward estimates period. But uh, but in the in in the short term, there's actually a bit more stimulus being being thrown out, which which correct correctly as as you said is is the um, you know, is, is 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 what you normally see in in in, mm. in the in these sort of um, in, in these sort of budgets, um, yeah, but not 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 too much move on the on the borrowing on on the yeah. borrowing program at this point. All right, so. very good. Well, uh, today uh, UK consumer confidence numbers that's sort of ancient history now because people didn't know how much worse off they were going to be until uh, uh, <laughs> until today. Uh, also, retail sales for the UK, which are expected to rise, but I'm not sure whether that's too significant right now. Uh, and Japan's inflation numbers. Uh, if so, if this rises by a reasonable amount, I think the expectation is it's going to be about three point six percent, which is not an insignificant amount. It's starting to creep up. Will we see the Bank of Japan? sort of starting to waver a little on their steadfastness not to follow the rest of the world on uh, raising rates? Well, look, at the moment, I think the short answer to that is, is is no. I mean, yeah, certainly consensus numbers for today are well up into the into the band year, 3.6 on, on, on headline, even on the, the sort of core core measure, express food and energy, you've still got a, an increase in the year-on-year pace from 1.8 to 2.4 forecast there. But yeah, Mr. Kuroda has not wavered at all so far. Um, I think, um, yeah, to the extent they're worried about the currency, obviously the the sort of Fed rhetoric softening has yeah, has helped provide a little bit of relief on that front. You know, and I think ultimately, you know, the the body is going to come under pressure to to make significant changes to to their ultra easy policy. Uh, but you know, I mean, the the sort of political. Um, point in time for that to happen would be after Mr. Kuroda's term ends early next year, and that that sort of job can be left to a the, the pivot there can be left to a successor. That would sort of strike me as being the, the neatest way to 
to, to make that change politically. You know, the reality is it's only sort of four or five months away now. And, you know, and compared to the rest of the world, you know, the inflation problem in Japan is not, uh, you know, is not particularly acute at the moment. You know, those numbers we're talking about of, you know, sort of su- something with a three handle is something that, and they're um, not facing the wage pressure issue either, are they? I mean, you know, it seems to be a, th- a cultural thing there that prevents that from perhaps happening in, in the same way that it does in in the West. Anyway, we'll uh, yeah, well, well, hang on, wait yeah. for that. Uh, U.S. Uh, existing home sales as well today. Uh, we'd assume based on all the other housing indicators, they're going to be uh, they're going to be down as well. And Christine Lagarde talking tonight as well. But I think uh, that'll do it for now. I think so. Thanks for your time, Ken. We'll catch you again very soon. Cheers. Thanks, Phil. He's very calm, isn't he, Ken? Makes me slow down. Uh, Much calmer programme when he's on. Uh, Back again on Monday morning. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. Have yourself a terrific weekend, uh, and I'll see you then. Thanks for listening.